Are we gonna like? Are you gonna put a note at the top about like? Sorry, the first twenty minutes sound like ass. One of the mics we were, wasn't I on. We were gonna say something about it. Well, because oh. sometimes Paul records stuff yeah, at the and he's like, yeah, just a note about. Okay. Continuing completed classics, fulfilling failed franchises, reinvigorating reviled rehashes. It's. Follow-up showdown with Paul Getz, Veronica, California, and Lauren Pacorni. Alrighty then, uppers and downers, and welcome to the follow-up showdown. Still pitching intermission. We can workshop that. That's great. You like it? That's okay. Great. Still pitching intermission. Great, great, great. We are uh, taking a break from our AFI sequels list to do whatever the hell we want. And we're starting with a doozy 2009's Ace Ventura Pet Detective Jr. And there's going to be a lot to say. I'm not going to go segment heavy this time because there's going to be a lot to say. So let's get right into it. I'm your host whose favorite actor in the world is Jim Carrey, Paul Getz. With me are my co-hosts, Lauren Picorni. Give some love to the mic. Uh, Jim Carrey's my first celebrity crush. Woo, that's a good one. That's a hot start. And now for the big one, reintroducing for the first time a woman you already know and love, but under a different name and assumed gender (laughs) before this, Veronica, California. Hello, Veronica. Uh, Hello, everybody. (laughs) It's great to have you. On the show, as always, Veronica. Yes, thank you. This is, well, maybe you were going to address, this is why we were bleeping my name. Yes, and then last, I've known uh, for a while. It's been wonderful to watch and see how happy and free Veronica feels. And everything else is gravy. (laughs) Gravy. Gravy. (laughs) Gravy. So I just want to say that it was Paul's idea to bleep my name. I think it's a fun gimmick Mm. because we also thought it would be fun to unveil this to our fan, Hi, Kelly. Um, in this fashion with the with the Ace Ventura, because Paul and I both... Yes, we agree. We were grubby little Ace Ventura kids in yeah. the 90s. And, well, if you're here, I'm sure you've seen Ace Ventura. You could probably connect those dots on your own why we wanted to talk about it. It's the transphobia. It's the yeah. Transphobia. <laughs> Anyways, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting moment. And I'm excited uh, for your take on this movie because I... You have an actual experience with it versus just uh, being offended by it or you know, <laughs> finding it generally offensive, that kind of thing. Um, so we will get to that, of course. We will talk lots of Ace Ventura, but we have to start with... By the way, I do want to point out what little regard was given in changing your name to how many of these theme songs I'm going to have to rewrite. I know. Three, it's fine. But this is the first one. Three Veronica California minutes. Have you heard of Veronica California? If you haven't, ooh, I gotta warn ya. She's the queen supreme of the minute scene. She never forgets any important scenes. She's got the plot, even if it's a lot. Oh my god. Three Veronica California minutes. Three Veronica California minutes. Oh, so no like alliteration or anything. You just change. You just swap the name. Back. Shit. I was kind of like, ah, well, I still look forward to it. Nowhere to go but up. From oh. The title of the segment. 
Oh, I see. Because yes, was, I see. Uh, uh, trash. We're, we're busting chops. Yeah. <laughs> That's the nature of our dynamic, I guess. Yeah. Well, I didn't give too much thought to it, so sorry about that. That's on me. I, you know, continuity is important to me. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily continuity of cleverness, so much as uh, you know, rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rules true. that hold the you know, the glue us together. Uh, are you ready for your minutes? Uh, I am. I ha- I've written them. For all three? No, I didn't know what the third one was about. The third one's going to be sloppy. <laughs> okay, great. Go. What? <laughs> Go. When the Miami Dolphin mascot is stolen, the team calls in a pet detective, obviously. Mm. Ace Ventura is a goofy asshole and police hate him, except his buddy, Tone Loke. And most especially, police chief, Lois Einhorn, Sean Young. Ace is given a girl, Courtney Cox, and conducts conducts a surprisingly competent investigation, which leads him to Ray Finkel, a former Miami Dolphin kicker who is blamed for losing the Super Bowl a number of years earlier. In the mental hospital Finkel stayed in after he left the NFL, Ace finds an article about a missing hiker presumed dead, Lois Einhorn. He figures out, with the help of a dog, that of course Lois Einhorn is Ray Finkel somehow, and that Dan Marino is in danger. Ace dramatically proves to the entire Miami police force that Einhorn is Finkel and shows off his pee-pee. Snowflake the Dolphin is okay. Um, Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls. Opening in a cliffhanger parody, obviously, Ace loses a raccoon, and the death affects him so much that he retires to a Tibetan temple. Fulton Greenwell approaches him on behalf of colonial resource capitalist Vincent Cadby to prevent two tribes from going to war over the disappearance of the sacred albino bat they worship, Shikaka. Don't cut me off, I'm doing great. Just days before the dawn of peace as the Wachati princess is set to wed Tommy Davidson. After conducting a good, not great investigation, and we do many Africa as many Africa bits as we can shovel in, Ace learns that colonial resource capitalist Vincent Cadby is actually responsible for stealing the bat so the Wachutu and Wachati tribes will kill each other and he can farm the valuable bat guano in the caves on their land. Ace finds the bat somehow, I don't remember, and he returns it at the very last minute, saving the day and the two tribes. But he fucked the princess, so waka waka, everyone wants to kill him. Iris out in credits. Um, Ace Ventura 3 uh, is about his kid, I guess. Um, and maybe Courtney Cox's character, uh, played by Ann Cusack, and a panda gets stolen from Gatorland where she works, and she gets blamed and is going to go to jail for four years, so Ace has to solve that crime, along with the, the crimes of like the missing pets of his schoolmates. Also, he's kind of teen wolfing into Ace Ventura a little bit, like he gets the hair. Mm. Um, and it's all shot in Orlando and at Universal Studios. And then he, he finds it, he does it, you guys. Mm. We're going to have to get into that one a little bit more. Um, I don't have that written down. Yeah, well, you got 25 seconds about the grandpa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Rex Ventura shows up and shows young Ace Ventura Pet Detective Jr. the long lineage of um, Venturas, like uh, Mm -hmm. Jean Ventura, Jacques Ventura Costeau. Yeah. I got those names so fucking wrong. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm I'm panicking now. Charles Charles Ventura Ventura. Darwin. They all Mm -hmm. have the hair. He's got like a little book of sketches of all these people. Yeah. Uh, Okay. You did. Uh, Like, you, yeah. The uh, cave painting. Uh, paintings with the little hair. Yeah, the evolution of of Ace Ventura. <laughs> of, of Ace, yeah. Some swings. Yeah. Sure. That is, oh, it does so much. Okay, but we will get to that movie first. Let's talk the first movie, guys. Oh, 
Well, no, we'll get we'll get to something else later. I have another announcement later. Nice. For now, we're going to talk about the first one, Ace Ventura. Okay. Our feelings on it. How does everybody feel about it? Do you, do you want to go first, Lauren? I'll go first. I grew up in this movie. I've seen it a lot. A mm-hmm. lot, a lot. And like, I like it. It has a special place in my heart. Like, obviously, the blatant transphobia is, like, Oof. really glaring. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Anyway, I, yeah. I, 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 I loved the movie growing up. That was very funny. Um, watching it now, it is quite silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't notice it as much because you're a kid. You're Yo, sure, scary. right. You think that's this makes you, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll conduct myself thusly. Yeah. <laughs> the physicality of Jim Carrey is just unmatched and yeah. not done anymore. As I've been thinking about a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was deaf. So what? Ninety four. I was nine. I, I was definitely a little Jim Carrey kid, particularly, you know, the one, two, three punch of that Dumb and Dumber in the Mask that year. Mm. Mm. Um, and thank God Ace Ventura was his first of those three. Yes. Yeah. Surely it is the weakest. I mean, you can, yeah. you can tell now, like, yeah. on paper, this is just some weird 80s trash comedy that, like, Gutenberg said no to. Mm. It's very, like, we want to do a detective story, but it's a pet thing. Get it? And then they didn't try that hard with the jokes or anything. Yeah. And none of it should work, really. Even the Jim Carrey part shouldn't work, but it does because he's Jim Carrey. Mm. Uh, and again, you're nine or whatever. Yeah, uh, well, but he's yeah. you know terrific, and he can sell bits that are bizarre and weird. And you just you're watching him, and he's terrific. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts on the script and how much it changed when he was cast. If yeah, was. I have lots of. Oh, okay. The, it's it the, the the how the movie was built is very interesting and makes sense given the type of movie it ends up being. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, I saw the trailer for Ace Ventura somewhere, somehow. And I knew that I wanted to see it for my birthday. And I told my mom that's what I wanted. So she took me and several friends to see it from elementary school. And uh, it was a life changing experience. You know, it it made me uh, me Mm -hmm. plus for so long after the fact. And um, I, that year performed a sketch, an original sketch as Ace Ventura for the talent show um, (laughs) uh, that I probably wrote a couple of lines that were just lines from the movie and my mom wrote most of, but she made it work and my principal was in it and my music teacher uh, from elementary school, and it was just me getting a chance to perform a scene as Ace in front of the school. So I did that. After that, and this is what I couldn't, can't believe I didn't wear. It's, I'm so mad at myself for not wearing it. I have an Ace Ventura When Nature Calls t-shirt that came from a costume, or no, an, an Ace Ventura impersonation contest run by, I don't know what, it seemed like Disney World because the grand prize was a trip to Disney World. So you sent in tapes of doing a different Ace Ventura scene. I did mine with my sister and I won a first place prize, nice. not a grand prize. Mm. Okay. And first place prize was a t-shirt and a pencil. And pencil? <laughs> that, no, but I have the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that yeah. You're even skipping second and asking, like, they're still going after third. What? <laughs> Just get a piece of paper, you know. Um, so, yeah, Ace Ventura. And so I've dr- I dressed as Ace Ventura all the time as a kid. 
I didn't quite get how to do that correctly. And then I did it kind of correctly, though my hair wasn't as thick as I'd like it to be uh, a few years ago in Portland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was going to wait till we talked about the sequel for this. Yeah. Since you just told that story in the fifth grade, I I can't remember the specifics of why we were doing this for class, but we were Mm -hmm. filming a like fake news segment. Yeah. All the kids would have different news segments and me and my best friend at the time and a third person who I don't remember decided to recreate the trailer for Ace Ventura 2. Ah. Um, so we all showed up in Hawaiian shirts and we had like a shoe box. We painted like a skunk with a spray bottle. We sprayed out. Mm-hmm. Wow. When my friend Taylor fought like a, an alligator stuffed toy and we just recreated what we could remember from the trailer. It sounds like the videos I would put I would make with my friends in the basement with like a video camera. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. That level of pure fun. An Ace Ventura 2 t-shirt mm. that I wore so often that one day in, in school, I remember walking between classes and a kid who I did not recognize mm. pointed at me and said, you wore that shirt yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time I ever Aww. wore, well, no, I still wore that shirt. But yeah. I stopped wearing shirts as- Two days in a row? A, a rotation was developed. Sure, oh. A, a stranger pointing that was that I was being perceived well, and judged. You should thank that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. All right. He could have done it about it a different way, but it taught you an important lesson. Cleanliness. You should have just said, Mother, why are you obsessed with me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I should have. Um, my aunt had a Ace Ventura, when Nature Calls, poster mm-hmm. in her house. Yeah, I believe I had yes. the, the poster for the second one in my room. Yeah. I didn't have the first one. Which poster you like more? I like the first one. I like the first yeah, one more, really for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Both are great. Yeah. Two is a good sequel poster for sure. Yeah, he's on the Gators. Yeah, it's yeah. great. The, the Gators are only going to be playing the movie. Except for yeah, the scene. big fight. But he doesn't ride at them. The end, he doesn't ride them. Okay, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, you're right. The poster is not paid off in the movie. But I don't believe the animal that's behind him in the original poster is in the movie. Oh, it's a dog. Yeah, there's a dog. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. A dog, a just dog. a dog that's not in the movie. That's the poster. I literally never he's the best that. there is. Actually, he's the only there is. It lo- it works, but that's because that's who the character is. It's not what this movie is about. Looks like him riding the gators is just something he would do in Africa, not <laughs> what he does in the movie. We yeah. used to do stuff on posters. Yeah. We told a different story, a little nugget of a story this other time. That sounds like a great segue for you to tell us how this story changed when Jim Carrey got involved. Unless you had a different order to the segments you were doing. Well, I'm not doing. Yeah, okay. But when you do, set it up I'm like that, yeah, up, like. <laughs> I know, I know. But I had a, I, I had not talked about how I feel about the movie now. Oh, wow. I went off on a rant about, yeah. Steer the shit. I will thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just having a beer. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Get off the boat. Uh, all right. So no, I've wore the tape out as a kid. I there's no. There's so few movies I've seen more than this and and this collection of this era of Jim Carrey right. in the world. So like, and rewatching it, I knew every beat. There was nothing in there that was a, a thing that stood out to me in a different way. Except that this time I was trying to figure out, I mean, trying to figure out how well it worked, you know, as a movie, as an objective movie. Right. Not well, how well him as ace works because that is that works so well it immediately made him the most popular man in the world right. you know yeah. um 
so what's crazy yeah because <laughs> he was just i mean he was on in living color and had a couple of like right. titty comedies but he was like canadian stand-up comic right rubber face and in doing this he plays a character that like the movie you are 100 percent right to say this movie was just like a run-of-the-mill thing because it's like the it it would be terrible with anyone else yeah it's not a great story with great jokes or or anything watching jim carrey play this character that doesn't play by any rule of likability yeah or like functionality in the world around him the world around him acts completely normal and he acts the way he acts and it somehow feels like a functioning world Mm -hmm. you know and i was trying to figure out why that works because it's it's you know Perhaps some, I don't know if anything does get lost in translation with him because it's his face as much as is anything. But like, I wonder if, you know, a French person could see him and be like, oh, idiot, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but I'm just saying like. So particular, it does not translate very often at all. I imagine what Jim Carrey does translates because he's, I don't think you could be a star of that caliber without selling internationally as well. Right, and what kind of character Ace is is someone who just sells on watching him do it. The physicality, the flinging himself around, the head movements, the facial expressions, it's all working, and the commitment is what is so hard that it carries it through. Because you believe somehow, even though it takes half the movie to get him to talk normal once, (laughs) you believe he's a person in the world. You know, because he sells it. He sells the reality of his insane situation. And there's no reason or origin given for how he (laughs) treats people or talks to people or treats situations. He is just doing whatever he wants all the time. That's just how Jim Carrey is. Like the space between who Ace Ventura is and who Jim Carrey was projecting himself as at the time is mm. not that big a jump. It's kind of like watching Robin Williams go, you're mm-hmm. saying, where it's just, yeah. <clears throat> you let them go. Yeah. You can even well, see between the two movies, the parts that they shave off that were the original Ace Ventura character that they wrote. For the second movie, they're like, well, he's not doing that anymore. Now he's just right, right. Jim Carrey parts, the wacky parts. Mm. And this kind of like dick, hard-boiled detective who's mean to people, but he's actually getting results. Yeah. Right. It's like what you were saying, like, has it worked in a movie? I think it does. I, I would has it. No, I'll call it clever. It's good. Him smashing the package up yeah. the whole way is frustrating because you're like, are you just being obtuse and ridiculous? But he needs the guy to sign the insurance. He won't sign for the package, maybe. He'll tell him to fuck off, but he might right. sign the insurance right, right. form so right. he can switch up the dog too. Right. It's, yeah. The cases that he has taken thus far in the movie. You can believe that they're smaller. You know, he's struggling for sure. He found a dog. Yeah. He found another dog. So, like, <laughs> it just happened to be the, like, yeah. But it happened to be that the lady who worked at with the Miami Dolphins mm. used him to find her dog. So, it's it's actually sure. like a, a reasonable jump. For sure. He needs a score. and like. Oh, the plot. Dolphins. Yeah, it works. The hardest I, thing you have to make is that the NFL goes, like, well, Kathy said yeah. that this guy found a dog. Well, so I'm not even sure. Dolphin. Not to jump ahead here, I guess, but I'm not even sure what their jobs are. 
I don't think they get very specific in that where it's like, you two are on the line. Find the fish or find new jobs. Yeah, like, mammal. Yeah, right. But that's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, right. Uh, well, director or something. Yeah. I don't know. Producer. He's credited. Roger Pedactor. I don't know what. Producer of football. As a kid, I think where I completely signed my soul away to the man was probably as early as we're going downtown, (laughs) you know, and that's your first real like ace, complete ace line that gives you what you're going to get. And it's just funny. The first line that made me laugh out loud this time watching it was probably my favorite line in the movie, which is, uh, Tom Ace, congratulations <laughs> on all your success. You smell terrific. Yeah. <laughs> the only one that made you laugh out loud? The fir- it's the first, oh. I mean, in watching this this time again. But I, that was easily the biggest laugh I had. That is just, that line is just so slyly, oh, perfectly put. I and then. The line. I just mean like, I was laughing the whole time still. Hmm. I was just. Yeah. He got me with everything. I guess I was surprised that I was, that was the first time I laughed out loud watching it because. I do find it funny. I guess I just, I guess it's just hard because I've seen it so many times. It's hard to absorb in a way where I can feel it's fresh. It can surprise me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I watched it as much as you then. I haven't mm. watched this movie in quite a while. It's true that that's yeah. true for me, which is why I'm surprised at how much that feeling. Because other movies, I've seen The Mask just as many times probably, mm. and Dumb and Dumber. And when I rewatched those for this podcast, I did find new things somehow. But this, I, I just, the feeling was the same outside of, yeah, it's probably the, the first time since, yeah. since it's been canceled. I probably watched the second one more too. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. I yeah. feel the same way. Like, this, yeah. this movie is like, I, I know every beat. Right. Um, yeah, even more so than The Mask, which I also watched a bunch, and Dumb and Number a bunch. But this one is like... Well, The Mask has plot i mean this has plot this has plot in that detective story kind of way where it's a lot of it can happen off screen and it doesn't have to be that interesting you know because mm-hmm. the detective is the interesting part but like um the mask has a lot of plot you have to be engaged in and so you can think sort of logically about the plot this movie is more just watching him yeah it would be it would be dog shit without him yes this movie i don't I don't know. Like, oh, it's it he's so boring. Maybe. Like, I'm not, I'm like, he's great, but I'm actually thinking, I think the plot is actually a lot more clever. Well, than... the, the premise of him being a pet detective, I agree. I was in on that premise from, you know, that's the title of the movie, I feel like. I just don't know how funny it is without well, him. That's the, that's why I, I don't want to, like, rush the segments, but, like, because, um, Jim Carrey was cast in this, it became different. Sure. I think if, right. if yes. anyone has been cast, yes. okay. it would have been a more serious because like it, it kind of, it is like a good mystery aside from like the, the transphobia. Like it's a good mystery, you know? Sure. It, it, yeah. It plays all the beats of like a Columbo. Yeah. You like know? He, he a, a player the... goes crazy sure. because he lost the Super Bowl. Right. That's easy to believe. He does yeah. actual detective work. He yes. Yeah. Detective he work. finds some stuff pretty pretty easily. But it, yeah. It is what yeah. it is. You know, it is like a simple goofy comedy. But right. they did bother to go like, oh, yes. he would check the tank because he knows about animals. And it's whatever. a surprising ending, you know? Yeah. I mean, they were going for something that you hadn't seen and that they thought sure. was funny, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, at the time, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, in terms of how the movie was built, 
it was originally written by Jack Bernstein. He's the main credited writer. He wrote the script in its original form. It was supposed to be Fletch for the 90s, mm. was this idea. An, okay. A complete idiot pet detective. Jack Bernstein is a writer on cop shows, TV shows, almost pretty much exclusively TV shows. He started with a TV miniseries starring Miguel Ferrar and Ernie Hudson called Broken Badges. Uh, and then went on, has gone on to direct NCIS, the other NCIS, Monk, Royal Pains. He's just like a, you know, a day player type of director yeah. or, um, or writer. Sorry. So he writes cop <laughs> stories and then he writes this cop story and gets the idea to make him a pet detective by watching Dave Letterman and seeing a segment about pets. Stupid hmm. Petrix. Yeah. Stupid Petrix. That gave him the idea for the movie and then he wrote it and that's. Its original form. I original. Say, that's that's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. The script seems like someone who wrote cop stuff was watching Letterman and went, "Oh, maybe." <laughs> yeah, right. Other credited writers: Tom Shadyac, the director, uh, who was also a writer on The Nutty Professor, uh, which he also directed, uh, and Jim Carrey, hmm? the remake. Yeah, with Eddie Murphy, <laughs> of course. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then Jim Carrey. This is. Uh, his only film writing credit, his wow. other writing credits include his stand-up in Living Color, short film Pecan Pie. Oh, he did Pecan Pie? Do you know this? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it's like him doing an Elvish, Elvis impression and getting, and getting political and stuff. Oh, interesting. Directed by Michelle Gondry. Oh. Uh, and then he's the listed creator of I'm Dying Up Here, the oh, stand-up yeah, right, show. Right, yeah, right. but I don't know that he wrote it. What did, do you know what he wrote on... Ace Ventura, or is it just like he did so he much? He did so much to build the character that he is... I mean, the it just became his vessel right. completely. It was originally offered to Rick Moranis. I did see that. In its no. original form. That would be a very different movie, but yes. I see it. I'm not, I don't know if it would be good or funny, it but I, I, can, I can see it. Others, not because Rick Moranis isn't great. No, he's Because the, yeah. the only thing that can make this movie great is like a Jim Carrey or Robin Williams. Someone who can take it and just yeah. overwhelm it with their... Uh, all of these people passed because of commitments to other projects. These are all the people co- that it was brought to before Adam Sandler. Sure. Who? Jim Carrey. Sorry, Jim Carrey. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Rick Mar- there's the Rick Moranis, then there's Adam Sandler. <laughs> uh-huh. He's the next one it's offered to. Interesting. Uh, Judd Nelson. Naturally. Alan Rickman. What? When are we getting to John Candy? David Alan Greer. Yeah. Jack Lemon <laughs> pitched himself for it. Like uh uh Old Gil needs this job. Yeah, pretty much. He He'd he be Grandpa Ventura. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah, they said he he was too old. They didn't want him. Yeah. Rob Schneider, the only believe? one who didn't want to do it. Rob Schneider, the eventual animal, <laughs> he passed because he didn't want to do it. And then it was also brought to Whoopi Goldberg nice. with the characters changed to Alice Ventura. Nice. That's um, dumped. It could be Ace still, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the other only other actors notes I have are Melissa, Carrie Ann Moss, and Tay Leone were both considered. Okay. Sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe they turned Jack Lemon away. You fools. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not you fools, I guess. They made Ace Ventura yeah. with Jim Carrey. They're doing fine, but brazen. Yeah. Okay. So Jim Carrey, once he comes on, the first things he asks for, if he's going to do it, ca- the character has to be rewritten. Two conditions. The comedy in it had to be as z- zany as physically possible, and his character 
despite his quirks and eccentricity, should be good at what he does. So that's Smart. what, yeah. Yeah, that is what makes it work. The voice of the Evase Ventura and his manner. Based on cocaine. Uh, added by Jim after several read-throughs of the script. They read through the script multiple times with him acting normal. And uh, Tom Shadiak was like blown away by how much better it was to ask Jim to do it in this voice. He had seen him do this voice and stand up and liked it and said, try doing the whole movie in that voice. And the movie just worked what? all at once. Well, how would you and they're, like, categorize that voice? Well, I, in, th- in watching it, this, I realized that to some extent, this is what Ryan Reynolds is doing. Mm. Uh, the, he, Jim Carrey was the first guy to talk to someone real sarcastically and give him, you know, give him yeah. a little like he's better than them in a way that he doesn't even have to talk normal. Right. He can like he's almost like a game show host, you know. <laughs> uh, Ryan Reynolds does that on a more subdued level, not as physical, and yeah. I don't like it very much. <laughs> um, but I feel like Jim is the first to sort of create that and the best to yeah. create that. Mm. That just sort of. You know, yeah. How are you this afternoon? Alrighty then. You know, it's fluid. like a yeah, yeah. Uh, I so yeah. I mean, he he built the character from there. Um, they were both worried, Shadyac and Jim Carrey, that it would ruin their careers after they'd made it hmm. because it was betting so much on just the idea. Because every scene, the idea of being another actor in that movie is kind of like, okay, so we're making this movie for th- this guy, like to do this, this, yeah, right. Uh. But it works in that way because everybody else, uh, like the guy, the guy whose favorite, the the joke I referenced earlier, Ron Camp, he plays it so straight. The very very well, thank you. The oh, yeah. guy who's hosting Udo the Kier. party, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kier. He's like, it's perfect that everybody else in the movie is playing it at that level. Yeah. Except for a everyone couple. in the movie seems yeah. as surprised as they appropriately should that this man is behaving this way. I will say another thing that stood out to me as feeling a little new this time is, and I think I knew this just in thinking about it beforehand, but this is the first time I'd watched and confirmed that Mr. Shikadance is a really understanding landlord yeah. and really yeah. very nice like, and reasonable. As, as like scary as he comes on. Yeah, yeah he, he's like, he, all, he says, just don't let me catch you with an ammo oh. in here. That's all. Incidentally, my favorite joke from the movie and one I think about and quote all the time. Yes, Satan. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah. You sounded like someone else. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. It does it's... seem wild to look back at a time when your landlord could say, like, you still haven't paid rent in months. Right. And it's right. like, wow. And you get to stay. You have a whole yeah. bag full of groceries. And you get to be mean to him and right. kind of like, yeah. Just like, what was the yeah. economy like back then? Hey, as soon yes. as I find this bird. <laughs> You're paid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any, the pet food thing. Oh, yeah. What's all this pet food for? Fiber? Like, ridiculous. Like, it, he's so nice mm. as far as Landers <laughs> goes. And I love his name also. Chicka Dance. Chicka Dance. Who, Dance. apparently, that's based on a Jim Carrey thing. Uh, when he was growing up in Toronto, he lived in an apartment building that was managed by the Chicka Dance brothers. Mm-hmm. So. That's where he gets his writing credit. Nice. You name a character, you get the. Um, there's some pretty big differences. Well, the biggest difference, the one I felt like was worth writing down is that there's lots of like deleted scenes that didn't make it into the movie, but the part where Ace lets go of that big anchor and it swings down to hit the henchman in the head, originally it knocked their heads off. 
What? And then he made a a, a joke about <clears throat> like not being culpable because he, it was there was no intent or something like that. Uh, and they cut it because it was dark. But wow. like, <laughs> just the, I that. Was, I did notice that they cut away. Yeah, before the. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It worked, though. Good comedy cut. Yeah, I thought it worked. Weird yeah. that, like, right at the end of the movie, they were like, oh, and then he murders two men. Well, obviously. And there was apparently also another part where he went to a gas station in Finkel's hometown to get some of the information that they ended up having to put into the P- Finkel's parents scene. Uh, and then a guy at the gas station is saying he's going to kill himself and Ace stops him from shooting himself. And then later in the movie, that gas station is revisited and there's blood on the window from the guy. having shot himself. Yeah. There's like all of these weird darknesses, like more cannibal corpse concert <laughs> just cut out of this movie. Uh, well, I guess when you, when you're changing the movie that much, you know what I mean? Just like you're, you're trying stuff, you're doing weird stuff. And when you and Jim, as Jim Carrey, are coming from in living color, mm. you know, right, right. to some extent, you're probably like, yeah, this is the kind of stuff we do all the time. This what, is the 90s? We, yeah. edgy? Yeah. Um, also, apparently, an uncredited writer on this movie is Steve Odekirk, mm, Jim sure. Carrey's best friend at the time, also writer from in living color, and... Um, mm-hmm. He and Jim would apparently stay up all night <clears throat> pitching things for this movie. You know, that they were excitedly building it as it went. He ends up writing and directing the second mm-hmm. one. Right. Yeah. Um, Jim based the performance on a bird. I feel like right. that's pretty well known. There's also a, a story out there about him and Anthony Hopkins meeting up and Anthony Hopkins talking about, oh, yes, I best I bet Hannibal on reptiles. And so they had that <laughs> to share in common. Oh, they had done that I with love An- to have been able to watch that lunch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He Anthony Hopkins is a big character in Jim Carrey's semi autobiographical fiction novel. His right. what? He has a excuse novel called Memoirs and Misinformation that is in some ways a book about him and his life and but written as a very insane um fictional story. Have you read Nick, that? Mm-hmm. Is it great? And yeah, it's That's more great than I anticipated because I read it after watching Jim and Andy and just getting bummed out about how sad Jim is. So I thought reading this would just sort of continue I would continue to wade in that. Right. That that which he presents pretty yeah. regularly, but it's very funny. I mean, and it's definitely bleak, you know, uh, and fitting of what it seems like his um, beliefs are and everything, but it's funny. And sure. it includes uh, Nicolas Cage as a character, Kelsey Grammer, all these other insane fictional versions of these people. Hmm. Um, a lot of sex terrific. in it. Oh, well. <clears throat> yeah. But, you know. I'm sure he's had. You can tell he's kind of horny. Ah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it really works, especially, and and now, (laughs) just in general, he's a horny guy. Yeah, Ace is horny as fuck. And as we discussed on the podcast, you know, in the '90s, it was de rigueur to just have a sex scene thrown in. Oh yeah. So most of the Miami Dolphins in the film are the real dolphins. Yeah, which I found especially refreshing when it was. The guy who thought he was looking at his penis in the urinal and then <laughs> snuck up behind him, I guess, to rape him or yeah. something. Yeah. But like the or at least ask for his number. Yeah, I maybe, like maybe to, just to Well, it's just the the little a prance. To thing sell he does. that joke to a professional athlete. I know. In and the have him agree, like, oh, this is all in good fun. Panic, yeah. And true. to get a yes from it is yeah. shocking. Yeah. Surprising. It'd be awesome to find out that that player is just 
was openly gay That'd be at cool. the time. Sure. You know, and was like, yeah, this is funny. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, that's a representation, weirdest. I guess. Yeah. And ter- speaking of that bit, I love the chloroform bit. Yeah. That is. That's a I really the, fun bit. I, yeah. I have a, for some reason, because I'm not really a sports girl, but I, I have a soft spot in my heart for athletes, bad acting in movies and TV show. Like, yeah. they're not, I don't expect them to do well. And I just love that they're trying and having a good time. It can be fun. It can be fun. When is it not fun? Well, I have a little trouble with it in Space Jam because well, it's the whole movie. That's yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I thought you were going to hit me with like a, a, a beloved film that had a distracting mm-hmm. sport. But you're just like the cartoon commercial. Well, I mean, I don't sports. love it. I don't love the performance in There's Something About Mary. And like in that movie, uh, it's so like just it's Brett Favre as oh, Brett okay. Favre. And you're like. I'm not that excited about sports, so this isn't it. like yeah. this isn't thrilling me that it's him in the line being like, "I'm planning to play the Dolphins, you dumbass." Like <laughs> in a way, it's like okay, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, not a but not a joke part, for me. For me, that's part of the charm. Like, how oh, you trying? You're doing so yeah. good. Yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate how earnest they seem. Dan yeah. Marino does seem like a nice guy. They seem like they're having know? fun yeah. too. Like, oh, I'm on a set, and like you sure I, are, buddy. In that sequence where. He's doing the Isotoner commercial and the football player kidnappers take him away. They do such a bad job selling the two knocked out uh, guys yeah. th- at the very end of the scene. Like, I feel like in a nor- you expect in any movie that that happens to then see the knocked out guys and they're like in their underwear and they're going like, Ooh. That's literally how I'm remembering it. What is, I, but it's is just that- so subtle. First of all, they're wearing pants. They look like they're dressed as painters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they just kind of barely scratch their head or something. It's like they just look around like, huh? Like, if you blink, you could miss it in terms of its meaning. It's so you, I, were you, if you were on set, your note would be bigger. Yeah, I did remember it, though. So You're I talking guess about it. Worked. it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was, I, I, it didn't sell as well for me this time. Uh, okay, music notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for the three theme conducted by Ira Newborn, Tom Shadak wanted a Peter Gunn type of thing. It's really good music. It is really good music in both movies. And but Jim Carrey added a thrasher metal edge to it that got cut out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of that in there, I guess. There's some guitar. Yeah, yeah. You know, I knew it was coming right before it came, but I was refreshed to hear that when he's opening his apartment door of the Shika dance scene and you hear that room or that room in the music. Oh, I didn't know. It's doing that like kind of Seinfeld beat like, and then you hear someone go room. And Ventura. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I'll I have to listen that. for that. Oh yeah. Well, we'll watch it right away after we finish <laughs> recording this. That music does, that is some of the music that will just drift through my head occasionally. Oh, another fun fact about its development is at some point it was considered for a plot of an Ernest movie. Ernest? When they were trying to develop the first Ernest movie and they went with Ernest Goes to Camp instead. Of course, Jim Varney could crush this role. (laughs) Sure. If he so chose. You know what? That's a good point. Yeah. 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 He'd do more, well, no, there's. As yeah, many impressions you, yeah, as you make... would get, but I, he would. I, put... well, we're sa- I'm saving that for okay, my. All right, all right. Um, okay, so then we got the ass talking scene that started from *In Living Color*. Frustrated one day that Keenan Ivory Wayans kept turning down his pitches, 
he read one of the scripts with his ass at Keenan Ivory Wayans. They almost fought, and then they made up later. <laughs> uh, so that's where that came from. Uh, Randall Tex Cobb, the big guy the from Liar Liar later that, uh-huh. that he's representing, the guy from Raising mm, sure. Arizona, he apparently came to set with those black guys. And oh, okay. Nobody knew <laughs> what from. Tom, assu- Tom Shadiak assumes it was a bar fight. but uh, That's what I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Added to the character. <laughs> yeah. But now I th- let's talk about, talk about the-, the big giant elephant in the yeah. room. Yeah. All I have in terms of research uh, really that seemed pertinent about this was the f- after being heavily criticized by the uh, LBGT community for being homophobic and transphobic, Tom Shadiak defended his joke mm. after some anti-defamation groups got on, on his case about it, saying that it was less about making fun of trans people and more about how easily Ace will break from simply kissing another man despite all of his endeavors. But that, mm, but that doesn't come across at all. What about all the other that's, cops? That's, that is just incorrect. But that, <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it's yeah. not about the transphobia, you guys. It's about the homophobia. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is, like, it is more loudly homophobic. Right. I know that joke. It, the joke where he's growing <clears throat> up is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later jokes are more transphobic. Well, but the, that joke. That's yeah. as I was sort of thinking about how I was going to approach discussing this, because like, you know, like I said, I grew up obsessed with this movie and with Jim Carrey stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I loved it. And long before I had had this whole trans journey, like a part of the conversation of this movie has always been like, didn't ah, mm. age well. It's funny, but, but, but. Right. Um, and like being trans now, I haven't like received a degree or extra knowledge <laughs> externally, uh-huh. so uh-huh. I'm not like necessarily super qualified. But in in trying to do like a sort of a read of the movie, while obviously it is super transphobic, notably Ray Finkel is not trans, nor is he presenting himself as trans, nor does the movie even present him as trans. He hmm. is a cis man who has altered his appearance to present as feminine, to present as Sean Young, to carry out a sinister plan, convoluted plan of seduction as well. Now, obviously, there's transphobia baked into that, but the narrative of the movie is not about him being trans, which is what makes it homophobic. No one is grossed out that they're kissing a trans woman. Mm, Everyone is disgusted that they got tricked into kissing a man. Okay, okay. So, now this is where we're going to weave delicately here. So good time to start. It's (laughs) there is a certain perspective you can take on this to help explain transness a little, Mm. because when you look at Sean Young, the movie's like, despite what you see, this is a man. He's presenting a certain way. So you're like, you can think it's a cis woman, Mm -hmm. but his gender is male. That is a man. Mm-hmm. which is something that I think people who are not fully, you know, versed or understanding trans is kind of grapple with. Cause like, well, but I'm seeing one thing. What do you mean? You're something else. I don't understand that. Mm. You can look to this movie and go like, see how Sean Young is Sean Young, but everyone says it's Ray Finkel. Doesn't matter what you see. This hmm. is what's going right. on. And not that they did that with intention. Yeah, this right. is just the fumbling sloppiness of, grappling with gender in the the 90s but Mm. yeah i agree like right i like ray finkel identifies as a male and is only adapting this appearance for his his schemes okay sure yeah and and maliciously kissing every man he can along the way (laughs) 
because they yeah. would hate that. So it is it is very homophobic. Oh God! Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he burns his clothes and yes. takes a shower. He eats dog food in this movie, mm-hmm. but he kisses one man for a second. Not even in the clothes he's wearing when he kisses right. the man. Right. Just the clothes he found them. out yeah. in. Uh, yeah, it's well, and then everybody else spitting at the end. I do yeah. like the reveal in that bit that how many people Ray Finkel has kissed, including yeah. the dolphin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to watch Sean Young have to like find in her performance Ray Finkel seething with rage while while he just stands there while Ace like has this big speech tears strips their clothes off her clothes yeah, off and yeah. she has to sit there and go ah, ooh, well and- it right it makes no sense right that part of the movie is grotesque you know what i mean like it's it's, it's it, right mm-hmm. and not with consent and yeah. like it, it really uncomfortable to watch and makes no sense the character ray finkel has yes just snapped and then shot the tv but then they've also fought him and told people to kill him and stuff like it makes no sense that they then start shaking as if they can't function yeah as a person yeah like they probably could still win potentially just yeah as far as the fight goes so yeah here's another question i have he's been pretending to be lois einhorn for eight or nine years (laughs) They said he, they escaped Shady Acres eight years ago. Right. Yeah. But yeah. then also, like, Somehow he got hasn't gotten bottom a, surgery? Gotten in a, well, because I don't think he wants to. Sure. Because he identifies as Ray Finkel, pretending to be Lois Einhorn. Sure. But so much... I mean, I know it's a movie, but, like, there's no way someone who was playing for the NFL eight mm. years ago now looks like Sean Young. And has a job as a police captain in Miami. <laughs> I think the implication is that... He slept his way to the top. Oh, uh, maybe. Lois Einhorn did? I yeah. think so. That's why That's why everyone was like, I don't know. You no, I, it the seems team like, to... I mean, like, the way he kisses Ace is very much like just to toy with him, just to have that win. I thought it was to get him, him off the scent because he was I mean, getting it is close. Yeah, potentially that too, but it seems like clearly in terms of the way that character acts, what few tools you watch them use, mm. that's one in their arsenal. They've kissed everybody. Right. They, not everybody they've kissed has helped them get to the top. A guado probably didn't help them get to the top. <laughs> right. You know okay. I mean? So, yeah, I do think it's just a pattern of behavior for them. Sure. Yeah, well, that's part. That's what part of the transphobia is like. That's the the narrative of the but, sneaky trans woman trying to trick you into being gay. Right. Well, okay. And Ace says in so many words that the reason. Ray Finkel killed Roger Pedactor is because he found his penis. Found Captain Captain Winky. Yeah. Yeah. So does that mean that Ray Finkel is just seducing men and then killing them once they find out? Hand stuff only. Yeah. Or just seducing to the up to a point. Yeah. Well, and in that case, they could be seducing them for the to the so that they stop looking into Snowflake. Like Roger Pedactor is in a position that he's. In uh, charge of the investigation of yeah. the crime. Yeah. So the whole thing could just be a ruse to murder him. Uh, but so I don't think, in fact, the reason he's dead is he found Captain Winky. I would assume that it's just part of the murder plot. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of feels like you need another murder at that point in the movie. Right. Uh, so they were like, you know. So were they really <clears throat> in a romantic relationship or not? No. <laughs> right, exactly. No. It was part no. of the scheme. It's all part of the sneaky ruse. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, so uh, this watch through, for me, didn't necessarily have any... Because, again, this has been part of the conversation of this movie for so long. 
Um, and it's done in such a bizarre a bizarre way to just kind of plug it because they just want to like do this like mask reveal where they pull off the wow right, right, it's right, old right. man Finkel all along. Um, so you just kind of go like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, sure. Yeah, sure. Right. Uh, and that's not like the rest of the, there, it's the nineties. So there's an amount of like misogyny and homophobia and yada, yada. in in the, you expect from that kind of thing. Sure. And it, of these, certainly of these, well, of, a majority of Jim Carrey movies, I don't know, at least half Jim Carrey movies, this is not as good of a movie. Like every no. other movie, you have things to connect to in yeah. terms of the character mm-hmm. and, I mean, and the world. Obviously, like, you know, it's his first one. They were kind of throwing it sure, together to see just what happened. Showing what he can do. And he yeah. immediately became so uh, bankable that yeah. he then got to say, right. we're going to do that. And he is actually a very good like sensitive artist yeah. who would, would want you to connect to stuff. Right. That's very in, true. In his own, you know, nineties way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then I guess my last question that I have for ACE one, I mean, you guys are welcome to say whatever you want before we move on to ACE two, but when I never understood it as a kid, and I still don't think I understand it. When the woman whose dog he returns mm-hmm. takes off his pants mm-hmm. and goes to town mm-hmm. beneath camera. Yeah. What is she doing? Seemed like a pretty standard blowjob. I yeah, that's how it goes. What do yours look like? First you gotta, of all, gotta hold on what tight. is he holding on to? The door frame. The buttress. The door frame. Okay. Um yeah, I He's, thought I thought of just Looney Tunes for Blowy. Because she I, is I think it's meant to honestly be so obtuse that it's it can get past the censor maybe. Like this is sexual. Yeah. But it's so ridiculous that Surely it's fine. Almost certainly it didn't start out that insane. Sure. It was supposed to just be like, oh, and what if like, oh, and that's like, she's really going to town. Right. And it's Jim Carrey. Right. So he that turns into it, like, whatever, yeah. you know, that's throw the point. roller skates on and I'll just yeah. hula hoop. And then as a, you know, as a kid, barely understand, don't understand anything Right. You understand sex. it's sex. Right. So because you're like, oh, are somehow out. that's, yeah. yeah so that's yeah. sex happening <laughs> down there. <laughs> Uh, okay, any guesses at its Rotten Tomatoes score? Oh. 70. Hmm. <laughs> 65. Why? 48. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, in a way. D- despite Jim Carrey. Uh, okay. Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, 1995. Next year. One year. Next Let's go. Next Film. year. Yeah. 94. 94. They, they, wow. they had something, but that they weren't going to be able to do that for very long. 94 was Ace, Mask, Dumb and Dumber, 95, Batman Forever, Ace wow. 2. Isn't Batman Forever 97? No, Batman Forever was before Ace 5. And then wow. after Ace 5 was Cable Guy 96. Why are you saying Ace 5? Ace two, sorry, okay. no, it's like, number five in the Jim Carrey oh, okay. breakout-a-thon. Ninety-five. No, I'm saying it's the fifth movie. Right. Dumb and Dumber, Batman Forever, Ace Two, Cable Guy. Yeah. And well, Cable Guy, he got paid twenty million for, and I remember it being a big deal, like big fat news. Everybody knew what he made. It was in his Cable SNL Guy. monologue. Right, and he made fifteen million for Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls. Hmm. So in in a way, I'm like, oh, how come I never heard about that? It's pretty close. <laughs> you know I mean, like he's on his way up. Seven million for Dumb and Dumber. I remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Um, so yeah, steady. I imagine quite a pretty penny for Batman Forever. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. Got to be twenty million again, right? I don't know. I mean, I it's Can't just get... weird that I heard it about the Cable Guy only. I feel. Well, like. I think because that was one of the first times that that figure had been paid to someone. That's when we had started like okay, yeah, getting back into like really. That was the last decade we had star power like that. Mm -hmm. I think these days you really only get like Denzel and Tom Cruise maybe pulling a movie like that, opening a movie like that. Mm -hmm. um, but And then, of course, it's notable that like the big stars were getting paid like that. It's like Schwarzenegger, Clooney, mm -hmm. Jim Carrey. Well, OK, so he was paid seven million for Batman Forever. Oh, which I guess well, makes I sense know. in a way because it's like his rate has been yeah. established as of Dumb and Dumber. Mm -hmm. And then Ace 2, he's contractually obligated to, but doesn't want to do. So they're really sweet in uh, the pot okay. for him. Because he that's was like, I don't do that anymore. Ace 2. Right. So that's a good transition into, well, what do you think the we got the Rotten Tomato score for this? Oh, God, the first 23. one. I'll go 70. 21. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> so he was given the... Film's budget was thirty million, and he was given fifteen. Wow! Half the budge. Half the budge for. I mean, he's the movie. Yeah. You That's don't. True. The movie yeah. doesn't happen. It's wild though that they were like, "All right, well, we got to give most of the money to Jim, so obviously we're going to shoot in China and Africa." Right. Yeah. Well, and there's more unfortunate like uh, losses to how much was being paid to Jim. I'll get into in a Ooh. little bit. So Simon Callow, who plays Cadby. Mm. knew Jim Carrey didn't like he, it was clear Jim Carrey didn't want to make the film so it made on set stuff awkward mm -hmm. according to Jeff Daniels uh, Jim explained the reasons he disliked the movie where he doesn't like the ace is afraid of bats storyline right. I've heard that yeah weird that sticking is, point yeah it is a weird choice I think oh no well, I think he it's, loves animals I think it well it's sure but I think it's it humanizes him he That's suggested true. I like I kind of like I like it too yeah he suggested that he be allergic to bats but they stuck with scared hmm. of them. Right. Um, and he was also very nervous about the film's depiction of native characters. Yes. And <laughs> that they might be taken be. offense to. And he's surprised the film hasn't been outright banned. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I have um, thoughts on that. So, okay. Well, I guess, yeah, let's just get into how we feel about this movie okay. and then I can get Let back to the Let me go notes. first because okay. I know you, you two have been on the same page with this movie for a while. Uh -huh. And I have not... And uh, this watch did not change my mind. The streak okay. continues. Okay. Respectfully, this okay. movie is ridiculous. Well, I agree silly. with that 100%. Here's the thing. You said it earlier when you talked about the first one. In Ace Ventura 1, Ace Ventura is a ridiculous man in a normal world. Uh -huh. In the second one, he is a ridiculous man in a ridiculous world. And it is just too much. It is too silly Can you give... and offensive as well. Yes, it is offensive. Both movies are outright offensive. Yes. yes. It's hard to say which is more offensive. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky it... to measure that. Right. Yeah, because uh, it's like out of all the things you could do, like it feels... that. But what they did in 2 yeah. that's offensive, much more common in that era. I'm not excusing True. it, yeah. but right. certainly it's not going out of its way to target a specific group of people it's it's using archetypes does that make sense i mean i guess both are but i mean like to some extent they, they the create thing. a fake tribe they create a fake area they just base things on sure but to me that feels sort of similar the same thing is, is like oh so well Disney the first does. one's not about trans people 
because that's not a trans person. We dressed a, a cis person up as trans and made trans jokes. Like saying like, oh, they're but not. But it is not about a, gay people. Right. Yeah. Well, it is about, it is about, you know, black people and Africans yeah, and tribes sure. and stuff. They just made up a tribe. So like, we're not offending anyone specific. Right, we're we're we broadly are, saying. We're avatar. We are right. yeah. <laughs> clearly pulling from but that same the tribe of people. Right. But yeah. we're still going to do like jokes about the language. Yeah. I, I will say that like we got out a lot cleaner than we could have considering mm. the players and the time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the jokes are mercifully about, again, aces being kind of an asshole. Right. It doesn't paint the native peoples in a light that is. I don't even accurate know how accurate or, or, or not. like, I don't I'd even say, know how I'd say it's too similar to many of the films just like it, where you're like, Oh, Right, this I mean, it's like not okay. Looney Tunes. Right. Yeah, like I've been it's, calling it's, it's it caricatures. I've been calling sure. it Ace Ventura yes, Two. True. Ernest goes to Africa. Right, because <laughs> right. it is just that. Luckily, another though, you, movie that exists. That yes, came out much later. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the stuff that still sells and is great is stuff like Jim Carrey coming out of a rhino's butt. Fantastic. Nope. It's, so it's, so it's so fucking good. It's so funny. funny. Lauren. It's, it's so funny. It is the From when the fan breaks. No. Kind of hot in these rhinos. And then the <laughs> tapping the fan and the, I mean, come on. It's great. Come on. <laughs> she does quote that all the time. And I, I never realized it. It's, it's so um, good. It is, it is the Ninja Turtles It has too. never been funny to me. It is just. <laughs> the slinky. The everything the slinky at the ashram. Yeah. Everything at the, the fact that they want to get rid of him so bad. <laughs> I yeah, don't like it mine. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the opening scene is too upsetting. The cliffhanger, sure. I uh, was. It's very hard to watch as a kid. I was not watching it. When sure. we were watching it, I was intentionally looking at my food. I think it is too sad. I do get a little <laughs> upset with him that that's the harness setup. This this time through, <laughs> well, I was like, don't just let him dangle out there yeah. in the air, Put like him hold him up to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, but man, the him getting shot in, with the darts, the three <laughs> darts is too much, and the torture, the, the eyeball. My brother twin. used to do that to me. <laughs> was, uh, the bits in this movie, I, I I find this movie much funnier than the first movie. Yes, in terms of it's sillier, it's stupider. It is just them like setting up scenarios where Jim can. Boobity boobity boo. Yeah. yeah, and less like detective-y work. Well, see, I I think that's what I like. I think I liked the balance of the goofy and like mystery mm. of the first one. Okay, over the complete goofy of the second one. I guess the first one. I I think part of it is when I watched it for the first time. The first one just feels much dirtier and seedier. Yeah, in a way that as a kid I didn't know what to do with. Yeah. I'm like, I love Jim Carrey, but these parts are make me feel slimy. Grown up, yeah, and then Ace Two is putting Ace... In a I more mean, child-friendly situation. Sure, Ghostbusters 2 him, I guess. Yeah. He, I mean... He roll, there's a monster truck for no reason. There's yeah. gorilla sex. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very immature, but yeah. it's as immature as him doing the shadow puppets on the projector, but that works for me, too. <laughs> I... It, yeah. It just has... Yeah, I love it. I think it's funnier. It is funnier. All right. Well, y'all talk. Now. The meditating <laughs> singing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that part's funny. Good joke. Good joke. I hear you both saying disgusting writ. Yes. A lot, I say that because it's very, very funny. Oh, well, yeah. I thought I was saying it because of you. What? Oh, I'm you saying it with Mario. I think I say it because of Mario. I think Mario brought that. 
into my life. Into the house. Um. Okay. Well, I guess back into the facts on this. Unless uh, anything else. I don't like loose. You want to talk about? I don't, I don't like watching that loogie scene these days. Uh, it was very oh, funny to me as a kid, but nasty. now I'm. I, it's so gross. It's disgusting. It's so <sighs> funny, but it's disgusting to watch and him that's do a, that. That's a good one because Ace is goaded in that one it he's bug, very he's trying funny. to be patient yeah too and the my <laughs> aren't i the popular one <laughs> is such a funny reaction yeah uh did um, you just refer to me as white devil that's funny <laughs> oh that's, the, that whole battle that the spears in the legs mm-hmm. it's in the bone <laughs> <laughs> terrific now oh. on this watch through realizing like he went to investigate something revealed himself for no reason yeah had to go through these bizarre trials in a montage right and then on his way out they literally shoot a clue into his butt yeah and that's how he figures out what's going on which i was annoyed on this watch through that he figured out the darts were different based on the wood and not the animal feathers attached to them Mm. i really wanted him to know something about the animal feathers and not the wood okay i see what you're saying the detective i don't want i don't want to cinema sins the movie i think that but, you know, there's a good detective bit in that dusting for prints scene, how That's much dust he used. Such a, I like watching that scene so much. It's so texturally satisfying. Yes. And I like it as like an extension of the eating too much gum and then <laughs> spitting that amount of gum into one single gum wrapper. Like that's that same kind of joke to me of just like excess. excess. Yeah. yeah. For stupidity's sake. Um, yeah. There was something I forgot from the first one that I was curious uh, had you ever looked up who played Ray Finkel in the picture? Yeah, it's Sean Young I'd, dressed as a man. I didn't know that till this week. Yeah, Insane. we watched it. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I. She was all in, I guess. I mean, at least on the commitment to the role. Sure, yeah. good yeah. for her. Yeah, she's a handsome man. Mm. <laughs> cool voice. voice and a beautiful right. woman. Yeah. <laughs> After this, they kept offering Ace three. He didn't want to keep doing Ace the rest Smart. of his life. And neither did Steve Odekirk, and that's why he moved on to Kung Pao and uh, those Thumb movies. Franken Thumb, Thumb Wars, Thumb thumb Tannic. That was all that guy's face. Touch your tongue to mine. Thumbs. From Thumb Wars. Oh, okay. So some of the bummer stuff regarding Simon Callow. Jim Carrey spent a lot of time off sick, uh, which affected the contract of Simon Callow. They had to keep him around longer, and he had other commitments, so he had to do more flights mm. back and forth. Uh, and then eventually found out that they were taking plane tickets out of his overall salary uh, because they had given so much money to Jim. And so he essentially did the movie for very close to nothing. Oh, that yeah. is not okay. No, no. That and sucks. Jim thought it was not okay. I mean, I, I you did know, he give him money. Well, take out the checkbook. James. I don't know. <laughs> don't know what happened. In terms of that. That's where the, my, my research ends as far as that story goes. Pretty, pretty much a bummer. Um, as far as fun facts, the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang part was improvised. Jim was forgetting his lines and he just So they don't got money that. for plane tickets, but we can buy the rights to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Just let Jim would do, it's in the 15 million. It's built into the... <laughs> yeah. He might do anything. Uh, that was the scene that I did for my uh, contest video. Nice. <laughs> nice. It was the ju- bumping around oh, in the Jeep. That, I love yeah. that joke. is yeah. genuinely funny. And yeah. like just the pan over to the guy just looking at him, very funny. You understand that's it looks, just my style of it humor. It looks though. like the rhino's giving birth to him. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, okay, and then the Monopoly guy, <laughs> who I always theorized was a woman dressed as a man because of how small yeah. they are. And in terms of the way they look, I'm like, why cast that person? It clearly has to be a bald cap and a, like just get a person that looks more like this. I think they needed a younger person so that Jim could take them up. Yes. That um, I think that actor just does like tiny roles. Like he also plays his emaciated all, son uh, from X two. No small roles. <laughs> uh, he also plays Bane in Batman and Robin right, before like, so he's like, giant. He, he, he's the little guy. That's his probably his shtick. Sure, why but why? I well, I guess it's so he can lift him around and right. the scarf right. thing. It's because right. you, you do that to like an old guy. No, or a, or a guy who's too heavy. Right. Sure, Jim can't fling him around. Right. As and Jim's much. like thin. He's small. Very well, tall, he's but, tall, but, but yeah. watching him in these movies, he he's like, yeah, he's slender because he's wiggly, but he's clearly athletic, probably because oh he goodness. never Stop. stops moving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so let's see. Steve Odekirk, besides all those gems I talked about, also wrote on the Nutty Professor, Patch Adams, oh. Bruce Almighty, and Tom Shadyac. I forgot the, of course, the director of the first one went on to work with Jim. On Liar Liar and Bruce Almighty mm. as well. So they mm. That mm, was for Liar Liar, not Bruce yeah. Almighty. Yeah, I agree with that. Steve Odekirk is also the creator of Jimmy Neutron. What? Yeah, All right. which I did not realize. Man. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Diverse. Patch mm-hmm. Atoms. I love Greenwald. Mm-hmm. He's the straight he's, man. Yeah, and he's very funny. Yeah. I like him a lot. I like his Think delivery. Joke has run its course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just his earnestness, the... Uh, terribly sorry, but uh, if we don't leave now, we might miss the plane. <laughs> like how you know, and then to the oh, how silly of me, no names. Uh, he bends over and speaks with his rear. Yeah. Oh him, oh him. Sorry he for the delay, say. Ace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also the 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 cinematography. There's some fun shots in this movie, not like super flashy too much, but there's some decent stuff in there. But the shot of him reacting to the taxidermy room, yeah, where he's yeah, 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 on yeah, some spinning the, platform yeah, and the yeah. camera's spinning. There's in good, addition to him twisting really his body, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some... the dust transition when he shakes it off and then oh, yeah. dust into the next. Mm. Both movies are like fairly, in, I mean, inexperienced directors. This was their first outage doing movies i think wow. i think steve took it uh yeah on this one yeah. like in outside of jim there's nothing really like perfectly fine first film. that stands out right about yeah ace one ace ventura pet detective jr first of all title's wrong let's it's get ace the ventura jr pet detective which works on two levels Versus Ace Ventura, Pet Detective Jr., which works on no levels. Well, what are the two levels it works on? Because he is Ace Ventura Jr., that is his name, right. and also he is a junior pet detective. Junior pet detective. Yes. Oh, I didn't it get that. It joins the oh. two beautifully. Oh. Sandwich. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. This movie is the movie I wanted to star in my whole child life and beyond. Be- when I envisioned Ace Ventura 3 that I would be in, it was me... <laughs> And it was called Ace Ventura, Son of Ace. And it was the team up of the two of us, of course. Sure. You know, obviously, Jim was there. It wasn't this. But either way, I would have taken this as would have crushed it. Every kid out there would have taken this and done something with it. I mean, at least for themselves, if not for the rest of us. Well, before we let before we talk about the performance, I let's try to do a better job cobbling what the movie was about. Surely no one has seen this. 
Okay. <laughs> you know, if they're listening, maybe. I mean, seek it out. It, I, I will no. say that. No, seek it out. <laughs> I will say that it was not as boring as I thought it would be. You certainly want to have some friends there to make monkey shines with during this. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not as boring as I thought it was going to be, if only because it's trying to do so many things and doing all of them kind of not just poorly, but sort of like making baffling choices around it all. Mm. Like I wasn't exaggerating when I said like halfway through the movie, they kind of treat Ace Ventura like a teen wolf. And like this kid, he's brushing his teeth. And when he spits into the sink, he sits back up and he just has the Ace Ventura hair Mm -hmm. and it won't go away. And when he goes down to the kitchen, his mom's like, oh my God, it's starting. And they don't Mm -hmm. really get into that too much well there was also like references to him being like he was eating out of a dog bowl and he like started barking at a cop and his mom shoved a treat in his mouth so like Mm. really unfocused strange (laughs) plot points woven throughout the movie right that are not indicative of ace ventura right yeah yeah and don't crop up enough internally in this movie to really be scene to scene it sort of felt like they were figuring it out as they went and they were like second drafts are for sissies you know halfway through he just hooks up with this uh nerd character at his school bafflingly played by like a 19 year old yeah all the other children are played by children but this guy is like twice yeah, as big as everybody tell yeah. like they didn't try very hard like it's shot at universal the performances are not good wow i don't know why being at universal Oh, well, but it's just so obviously shot at Universal to the point that it says if the plot eventually becomes they are in Universal Studios for no reason. Right. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Like, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. So in terms of what this movie was intentions for this movie, it was originally intended to be a 2008 theatrical release, Mm. but the backers did not have enough money. Cartoon Network later bought the rights uh, to it and aired it on TV. Uh, there were plans to make more, mm. but it did so poorly that they didn't. And right. Yeah. Good. It's really bad, though. Yeah. Really bad. It's super bad. It's like interesting to watch. And in terms of the performances, I will say, I bet that kid was exhausted every day. Yeah. He worked yeah. every day, but he did not act like Ace Ventura, <laughs> yeah. which is the whole thing. That is the premise of the movie that he's turning into Ace Ventura. Also, there's a Grandpa Ventura who couldn't act less. Like Ace Ventura, as I, I'm certain he didn't watch the movie. I don't think either of them did. It really feels like they weren't going to be doing three takes on anything. They were like, mm-hmm. we get what we get. Well, they had so much to get through. They had a lot, a lot There's of different so scenes, many scenes, a lot of setups, so much dialogue, a lot of locations, a lot of extras, a lot yes. of extras, and so no many. They never stop talking. There's never a break from somebody talking. Right. So they got to get angles. There's no they monta- gotta get, yeah. There's some montages, but even those montages are like multiple They're one locations. shot. Like him walking up and then it's over. Well, right? I mean like him. Oh, with the, with the pets animals. And, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they are different locations. You're right. Right. But so, they're all on Universal. I'm sure. But it's just a lot. And a lot of the extras are kids, too. And I right. just know that complicates filming. You can tell there's no money because all of the extras, half of them look so happy to be there. The mm-hmm. other half are looking into camera. All of them are wearing whatever they had in the closet in yeah. 2004. It's a 2009 movie. <laughs> Everyone looks like it's 2004. The music is 2004. The cell phones yeah. are 2004. It is a baffling time capsule of a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But since I'm a Florida kid and I grew up 
Like Universal Studios, I think that carried a lot of weight for you watching this. It movie. Must, I did it not was have a good time. Fun watching <laughs> yeah. Ronnie watch the movie and just oh. be delighted by all the that was fun. stuff. I'm it glad I watched very, it with you. They might as well have filmed it at my high school. <laughs> I was at those parks so much growing up, and they. So, like, part of the plot is they go to this dinosaur... I forgot, we were talking, I don't remember what they called it. A dinosaur institute. somehow half of the plot, that they're just there (laughs) so much of the movie. I don't even know why they wanted to break in there in the first place. Right. No. It's unclear. There's new plot scene to scene. It's 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 like... just, uh, they go to the, the Jurassic Park part of the park at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure. And the Dinosaur Institute, it's just the visitor center from that park. And it looks... Like the visitor center from Jurassic Park. Oh, I do want to. I do want to also. So at the Jurassic Park section of Islands of Adventure, there is this Camp Jurassic, which is kind of like this big playground is not the right word, but it's this big runaround rope area with these big caves. Right, it looks like like Tarzan's uh, treehouse at Disneyland. Right, yeah. Um, so of course they utilize this in the movie. There's a chasing, the security guards throughout this film hate kids and are all athletic. There are dozens of them and they're throwing themselves at this child. Mm. But as they're fleeing the dinosaur Institute, because the dog got a dinosaur bone and they want to kill And they the, let the dog let it happen. pull the dinosaur bone out and wait for the dinosaur to collapse. Yes. The and then they're skeleton. running through this Camp Jurassic play area, but there is no in-movie explanation for... Why that is, no one even says like, oh, he's he's gone into the, right, they're just right. in this zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, having this exciting chase scene. I don't know, if you're from Orlando, if you're familiar with the parks, it's really fun to watch where they put everything. I, yeah, and- 100% day to day this movie was going, so where are we shooting this scene? I don't know, over there. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just like. The scene where Antuzak is being loaded onto the prison bus. Uh-huh. Uh, for being arrested for stealing a panda on no more evidence than shoe prints mm-hmm. um, is is filmed at the New York part of Universal Studios Hollywood, but in the background of the shot is like just a facade of the New York <laughs> Library, like clearly a painted flat, and they were just like, it's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're looking at the bus. <laughs> it was kind of neat that they had a fake T Rex sized T Rex to <laughs> yeah. collapse. Mm-hmm. And of course, they had to do it twice right. if they're going to have that. What was yeah. the budget on this film? It's do all you over know? the place. They had a helicopter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And For like no reason. Mount- There's no mansion? payoff. Let's that mansion see. was clearly... It's not I'm hard just... to get a tacky mansion in Florida. But like, you probably had to pay some chunk of change to film at Universal. Hey, they got Ann Cusack, okay? They have change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also learned in this movie that there's another Cusack running around. Budget, $7,500,000. And it grossed worldwide... One hundred seventeen thousand. How four hundred twenty-one dollars? How, how did it get money? I don't know. What's it I can't making money it cost from? Seven and a half million dollars to make. People, how much do you think? How much did the mask two cost? This was so much worse <laughs> than Son of the Mask. I couldn't even. They, I don't know what they filmed it on, but it looked inexpensive. Yes, yeah. yes, it looked worse than what it felt like, which was like a back then Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. Show. Yeah, the little kid even looks like like a Drake and Josh. His, I think his name is literally Fusion Josh. Ha. He's got the hair. Josh Flitter yeah. is the kid's name. Okay, never mind. Not even close. 84 million percent of the mask. That Oof, makes sense. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, it's all a lot CG. of CG. Yeah. Got a lot. Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Tremors 5's Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> um, The kid did. I mean, not, it's not like he was like the weak spot in a good movie. He. I don't know what a 12 year old could do with this he material. Was 
I know, he but struck me as I a little twelve-year-old actor from Florida. Watching him, I mean, he mm-hmm. you and you should like if you're gonna like this movie at all, you gotta enjoy watching him because that's all the movie is. Yeah, him walking around chatting. It did really feel like no one auditioned. Yeah, kind of just felt like whoever said yes, they the took kids that went to your high school probably <laughs> at that time filled out the cast. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's see if we can beat it. Real quick, I'm gonna go through other sequels. Oh right. There's the, the animated series. Sure. From 95 to 99, only three seasons, but spread out over those four years. Never a hit. Never caught on. Uh, they did I a mean, crossover with the mask cartoon. That was what I was going to mention. They it went had to the moon. Crossover with the mask. The mask had part one called The Ace Man Cometh. Nice. Aww, that's so great. That's, that's really cute. Um, the cartoon featured Mr. Shikadance, Emilio, Aguado, and Woodstock, his uh, tech Headquarters no, nice. guy. And Spike. Is that the red or the white? <laughs> I don't remember, remember that. that. And then there was an Ace Ventura computer game based somewhere in between the cartoon and the movies. It was a Leisure Suit Larry type of game. Oh, cute. Point and click with dirty-ish jokes. Sure. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get into the pitches, does anybody have any unsung heroes? Hit it, Paul Jr. <laughs> Unsung heroes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So in the first one, there's a camera guy at the scene at the tank. You know, they all get shooed away. He shows up later in the movie at one of the football games. So clearly he was just camera guy extra. Uh, But But I love that German trailer scene. What happened to him? What happened to me? Yeah, it's great. I mostly know that bit from Mario quoting it at me. I've only Go seen to the it. conference, don't you wait? That's what he says all the time. Yeah, I've yeah. heard him say that before. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Uh, so go on. in that scene is a cameraman. Oh, mm. yeah. Who, to my eye, looks like a buff Bob Gale. <laughs> mm, okay. Director of Back to the Future. Writer of Back right. to the Future. Writer of Back to the Future. Writer, co-writer of co-writer Back to the Future. Of Back to the future. <laughs> uh, Bob Gale. Uh, okay. Um, That's your unseen hero? Does he look like Zemeckis? He looks you like You said Bob Gale. I know what I said, but I'm... I might be wrong about what well, I said. Mechas did direct Back to the Future. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, is this your only one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had one for Part Two as well, but I can't remember I have it one now. For three. Okay. There's a in like this the scene after he like suits up like Ace and he's walking in slow motion. There's a girl walking behind him in two separate shots, just like holding her hand up very high, gesturing like incredulously like, and then, yeah. just like it's very it's it, she did it in both shots too so it was like a choice mm-hmm. i thought mm-hmm. it was funny oh yeah also at the end of that movie they they give his mom gives him a key so he's named ace ventura jr uh but she won't tell him anything about her father or his father she right. does like it's uh, no go he can't learn anything about it who he was what he did Nothing. anything yeah but then at the end he kind of does and they give him a key to a trunk in the attic and inside is a child-sized version of the clothes he wore, mm-hmm. a photograph of fro- of a man who looks like Ace from behind, holding up a baby uh-huh. in a white void. <laughs> void. Um, a couple of other like hairspray, hairspray. Okay, uh, the boots, the pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's an Ace kit. Uh, they're also really vague on what happened to Ace. They just yeah. keep saying he went out on a case, and then. He just he, never came he back. He got a paraglider to help lost gooses return right. to Miami, which I'm like, that's that's convincing. 
sure that he would do that, but, do. but but they don't say they don't say happened. he died. Right. I don't, don't think they want to disappear because right. they were like maybe if this goes, right. <laughs> maybe, maybe Jim will change his mind. Yeah. We want to write ourselves into a corner. My unsung heroes are, as I pointed out, that one security guard that was chasing him that that fell so beautifully into the pole yeah. and then fell back. It was just such a, such a good huge hit. hit. It looked fantastic. And then I don't, it was very soon after that scene, more security guards chasing him, but he'd gotten away and I think they were running a different direction. Mm. And one of them yelled, you bunch of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> like he was great. I really enjoyed that. That's just one of those lines that it's like you, you deliver it poorly or not. It just strikes you as funny hearing someone go, you idiot. <laughs> like, yeah. The writer, it, we, uh, uh, you know, all writers have their bag of tricks and their well they, they go to to get scenes juiced and moving along. And the writer of this movie clearly was like security guards or the money. I'm so glad you pointed this out or brought this up because the writer of this movie, writer director of this movie is David Mickey Evans, who also Night at the Museum. wrote and directed The Sandlot. Which was one of my favorite movies no security in the world. <laughs> I love the Sandlot. It's so well directed. It looks so nice. The kids' performances are so good. It's so well written. I've never to seen me. it. It's so so clever. Lovable dog. The dog. It gets a little home alone in, in its trajectory, but that's, that's it not is a bad for thing. kids. Yeah. It's a phenomenal. You haven't seen it either. Not since. Whatever, 90-whatever. I don't really remember it. I know you're killing me, Smalls. From, of course. Yeah. From everywhere. And it's iconic for a reason. That that movie has such on-screen chemistry. I like. I always listed it when back when I listed my favorite movies in order. It was always my second favorite movie. Wow. It's not there anymore, but it is a seminal classic. Mm. Nice. So it is crazy that he also wrote this. He also yeah. wrote all the Sandlot sequels, straight-to-video sequels, as well as a movie called The Final Season starring Sean Astin, which did come out in theaters and I never saw. Mm. Also baseball. So, What do you mean also baseball? As the Sandlot. Oh. The final okay. season is I, also about baseball. I thought you were so saying he maybe, also wrote baseball. Oh, no, no, no. He wrote the final <laughs> season. Baseball? That, that was him. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is about a season of baseball. Yeah. Oh, and he, the kid, the little ace kid, he does say you're killing me smalls yeah. in this movie. He does. My favorite joke in the movie was the Shaq reference. He <laughs> refers to a large security guard and says, how many puberties did you go through? Yeah, and that was that was funny. He really delivery. nailed that joke. That yeah. Funny. Yeah. But that was it. That was pretty <laughs> much. He doesn't like so at the, the whole movie seems to be him finding his mojo to turn into. But it's not until the end of the movie where he puts on the little ace costume that he gets to kind of like go nuts and get loose it's not even that big of a difference it's not that big of a difference but you can tell he was right holding back yeah um and so he does you can at least at the at the end of the movie you can see like okay so he he did that at the audition yeah that's what got him in Uh i don't know they should have had someone test what he was gonna what he was gonna do at the beginning (laughs) yeah (laughs) well 2009 i would have been too old how old were you unfortunately I had graduated college. Uh, you could have done it. His friend was a college graduate. Yeah, right. That's true. I could have. I'm so I, glad I, I have friends. I look young for my age. Yeah. yeah. It's also kind of nonspecific what grade he's in, although everybody looks pretty middle school. Yeah. 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 He's 12. We'll just assume. Yeah. Uh, and Six. that run that they give Grandpa Ventura, Rex Ventura, Rex by the way, Ventura. a name we liked. Yeah. Maybe one of the best things to come out of the movie. That run they gave him of all the lines, Lehu, Zahur, and everything, and how 
much he just plowed through him with no regard for how to say him whatsoever. I mean, even that's better than what he did. It was very much like in the 90s when your parents would try to say the the mask or the Ace Ventura lines and they just weren't. Yeah, Josh Flitter, you know, I appreciate that there was effort. Yeah. You yeah. didn't you didn't sleep through it. At least I can give you that. I yeah. used to be more mad at you than I am uh you know, which is always unfair, but I I saw more of what you gave to this this time. Thank so you, Mr. Fitterer. I will never watch it again, and I'm glad <laughs> to have watched it for that reason, if nothing else. Um I might watch it again. See Universal, you can... see the oh. alma mater. Oh, I see. That she makes sense. Florida, Orlando. Yeah. Really Let cool. me do Trek Stars because I actually did research. There were some good ones. Stars, Trek Stars. There's one there, another one there. Ronnie is sharp. That if an actor's been on a Star Trek show, it's something that we all must know. Trek Stars. So in the first. Trek Stars. So in the first movie, we've got uh, Noble Willingham who plays Riddle. Right. Riddle? Okay. Riddle. Is he the... He's, find the fish! Right. Or oh, find right, right, new right, right, right. jobs! So he plays yeah. a character named Texas on the Next Generation episode, The Royale, which hotel mm-hmm. fans will recognize as having almost the exact same plot as the hotel podcast. Hmm. Right. Uh, we have Tiny Ron, <laughs> who played the goon Rock, the big guy. The big one. The big one, of course. Who plays Mayhardu on Deep Space Nine, mm. a recurring character. Terrific. We have Bill Zuckert, Mr. Finkel, mm. who played, uh, uh, he was on the original Star Trek, actually. Oh, he played shit. someone called Johnny Behan, Johnny Behan, Inspector of the Gun. Doesn't matter. Mm. And this one's fun. Mark Margolis, Mr. Shikser. Shikadance. Shikadance. Yeah. Uh, played Dr. Nell Apgar on A Matter of Perspective, another Next Gen episode. Mm. Um, these are these are interesting if you watch Star Trek, I assure you. <laughs> uh, the only one we've got for Ace Ventura 2 is Bob Gunton, who played Quinn. Sure. Who played Captain Ben Maxwell in The Wounded, another next gen episode? Mm. I, I don't know if anyone in Ace Ventura three was. I don't think so. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't know. We well, oh, that yeah, might that might actually, get cut. There was really. Oh yeah. The uh, the what was his deal? He was the animal rights activist animal... who was campaigning for ugly animals. Oh okay. Which uh, I yeah. believe has merit as a campaign, yeah, sure. despite him and being like, framed as a I goon. Didn't, I didn't know people made that distinction. It's hard to know where they fell on that because he, I don't presenting remember him, him as an a... ending for him. Right. Yeah. He was just, just there with the children. There. Yeah. But he was on uh, Enterprise as a Sulaban. Hmm. He looks like a Sulaban. Okay. It was good <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Trust us, everyone yeah. out there. If this segment doesn't get cut and you're listening, <laughs> trust us. This is interesting to Star Trek fans. All right. Uh, so as far as pitches go, uh, you guys seem pretty confident. Yeah. So I'm going to go first. Okay. All right. In a way, I've already set mine up. Ooh. What do you suggest? Opens on a shady circus. We see some shady dealings behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. There's drugs running through this circus. There's mistreatment of staff and unfortunately, of course, animals. The ringleader is the ringleader. <laughs> <laughs> He readies himself for his that night's performance <clears throat> before the show gets started and he goes out on stage. We see that the lion tamer is Ace Ventura in disguise. Nice. Ace and the animals fuck the circus up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great and funny scene. 
Uh, a large swath of police spill out of a clown car at some point. It's funny. In the process, Ace falls for and saves, and by the end of the sequence, kisses a beautiful trapeze artist. Nice. The bad guys get busted, except for the ringleader. As he watches his beautiful crime palace, the circus tent, burn to the ground from a safe distance, he declares, I'm gonna get you, Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura 3, son of Ace. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Getz enters. Ringleader played by Jim Varney. Oh, terrific. Yeah the an actual villain for ace yeah you'll notice i spent more time writing that the rest of this i was trying to finish but we'll see okay we meet rex bonanno as a young kid who early in his development builds a kinship with animals he soon after starts helping find lost ones and helping animals in need in general by high school he's doing it after uh, as an after school job and is already hugely successful he's also a sweet and sensitive conscientious boy who's not popular in school, but has enough in his long-term, sweet long-term girlfriend, likable, and his best friend character, likable. I don't have names. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's growing great until puberty. Rex begins to change. He starts becoming actively obnoxious outwardly. That happened to me too. (laughs) His confidence shoots through the roof and he instigates everyone he meets. He's getting into fights. He's making enemies of teachers, coaches, and other authority figures. The only one who likes and looks out for him is his beautiful guidance counselor. And he's attracting girls. And boys. Nice. (laughs) Including the most popular girl in school. He cheats on his girlfriend. He regrets it. Over time, he alienates everyone else he's close to. He talks to his mom. He doesn't like who he's becoming, and he doesn't understand what's happening to him. She reveals he was conceived by a sperm donor. Rex goes to the sperm sperm bank to investigate. There he finds out that his father's specimen had the highest sperm count ever seen by the system and is considered the most (laughs) valuable semen on the planet. But he only ever donated once. He then finds out that his father went off the grid years ago after being busted for housing illegal animals and having his at-home animal family broken up. Rex tracks his father down detective style and finds him living deep in the wilderness, Tarzan style. Ace. He brings Ace back to society, and most of the movie is about Rex trying to reacclimate Ace to the way he should behave in the world, and Ace teaching him not to be a lehu, the her. Good read. Good. Ace and Rex discover and prove that the ringmaster, don't forget about him, he's still out there. <laughs> Was behind busting up Ace's animally family. And also for whatever crime stuff he's up to in the mm-hmm. movie. Ace is welcome back to the world at large. But in the end, he decides to go back to the jungle. And this time, bring the guidance counselor character, who he's fallen in love with through the course through of the Through the course movie. of the, yeah. yeah. Also, and I didn't mention it, but the trapeze artist is the mom. Mm. Oh, okay. Of the kid. That makes sense. Uh, there's probably also a stepfather character in there. I didn't really want to get into it. Uh, Rex is welcome to visit the jungle anytime, and Ace is proud to have a son he's so proud of in the human world. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And Jim Varney? Oh, he goes to jail. Great. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he dies. His head <laughs> gets knocked off. All right. Yeah. Well, there it was. Yeah. Oof. You don't want to hear that. <laughs> I, I don't know how much it played that a plot about reacclimating Ace to the real world mm, mm. is... Also a way of showing the character its problematic nature. 
Okay. You know what I mean? It's so like very, Austin Powers style. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, that's good. Yeah. I think that's, that's Jim an interesting... that many years later. Yeah. yeah. It'd be an interesting angle to take, for Thank sure. You. Thank you. Yeah. Um, who, who next? You, Lauren. Okay. You next. Just because once I go... Mm. Okay. That's it. All right. Mine's the best. Maybe. Maybe yours is the best. Let's hear yours. Okay. okay. She wins a lot. I'm going. Yeah, I know, but I'm the only one who's gone. <laughs> well that's a very entertaining story but unfortunately real detectives have to worry about that little thing called evidence flash four-time westminster dog show winner dog napped Mm. a mystery client hires ace to investigate the dog napping of the prized female bulldog downy just two days before competition day because she's wrinkly downy Mm, okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Okay. Cute. <laughs> Ace flies to New York and tracks down Downey's owner, Miss Betty Brickshire, Kathy Bates. Nice. Betty is distraught and relays the tale. She was taking Downey for a walk. She turned her back t- for a second to scoop Downey's poop. When she stood up, Downey was gone. Ace does his ace thing, which points him to Sally Wallace, Missy Pyle, awesome. fellow Westminster mm. regular who That's has great. consistently entered Pierre her French bulldog into the Westminster dog show and who has consistently lost to Downey. Hmm. Sally makes no attempt to play down her rival rivalry with Betty. Very motive. Ace thinks, but too per- perfectly obvious to be suspicious. But then again, shenanigans and mystery ensues until Thanksgiving day, the day of the dog show and Ace is in attendance. Pierre is crowned best in the non-sporting category. Too bad as Ace is about to point the finger at Sally for kidnapping Downey. However, at the last moment, Ace notices some short reddish hairs on Betty's uh, pantsuit and a peculiar smell about her. (laughs) (laughs) Sally is innocent, though she was in fact the client who hired Ace. Pierre has won fair and square, as Sally knew he would with Downey out of the picture. The true dog napper, Betty herself. Hmm. Classic Ace. Downey had fallen down... No, that's her name. Downey had fallen off a low wall during a walk and broken her leg. And Betty couldn't bear the bitter taste of losing that fifth year win at the competition. So she traded it for the publicity of Downey's dog napping instead. As for Sally, she just didn't want Betty to get away with it. To celebrate the win and with time to spare, Ace crashes the Macy's Day Parade by beating up Santa for wearing a costume with real fur and takes his place on the float to wave to the masses and ho 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 righty then into our hearts. (laughs) The end. (laughs) The title is Ace Ventura 3. Payback's a bitch. Wow. Okay. Oh, I see. Like dogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. There that is. Yeah. Um, um, What year? Oh, 98? 98. Okay. And Missy Pyle. 97, and, 98. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Not bad. Like the dog show. 2009. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I get mine will be, mine's like 90s, 96, 97, you know, whatever. Okay. We're just in that zone. You, you guys don't mind if I just go into this, right? No. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit you with the title first. Mm. All right. That's it. Now it's my turn. Five minutes alone. That's all I need. East Ventura. Three Ring Circus. Oh, wow. So, Circus Circus, right? Yeah, yeah. You and me, buddy. I was so nervous you were going to take my title. (laughs) Mm. No, I'm trying to get myself cast as Ace Ventura Jr., (laughs) Veronica. Come on. (laughs) Um... So, okay. Ace Ventura Three Ring Circus. Terrific title. The circus comes to town and Barnaby Okra, Leland Orser, 
wants to pay Ace $1 million to help him track down his missing elephants. Ace doesn't want to help him because circuses are bad. But when animal rights activist Carter Laszlo, LeVar Burton, reveals he can get the elephants back to Africa, Ace takes the case as a double agent. Katie Seagal plays wisecracking love interest starving artist Joe Fireball Casket, stage name, who is a fire breather in the circus and teams up with him, even if it means she's out of a job. It's not like I wanted a career in the circus, she says. Ace goes on a surprisingly competent investigation that sees him in such exciting and hilarious scenarios as dressing up as a clown to investigate the entertainment staff. This is great Jim Carrey shining moments, right? Okay. Sex scene that definitely ends with a fire burst to indicate that Ace has <laughs> come. Staying at the circus after dark and being pursued by mysterious twins, Doug Jones and Bruce Spence from Ace Ventura 2. And getting out of trouble with the help of the apes. Disgusting rip. The South, he's the other guy. Um, a wild goose chase into Vegas that ends with him in a tiger cage on stage at a magician show. Um, and so Ace and Joe find the elephants on the docks after the magicians clue them in on how and where exotic animals are, animals are transported. But he doesn't remove them because he doesn't want to give them back to Okra. This is where the double agent stuff comes into play. Mm. There's a showdown in the big top on opening night with Okra, his hired goons, the twins. He hired them to follow Ace. He doesn't trust him. Who have been following Ace. I just said that. And possibly <laughs> the possibly shocking reveal that Joe Casket arranged the elephant theft for lots of money. She said she didn't want a career in the circus. She said that already. <laughs> but then she was going to shack up with Ace and help him return the elephants to Africa to like get a split of the million. But then she figured, hey, if I could get a million, I could probably get 10 for selling them, right? Mm. She's no good. The twins are trampled by the elephants as LeVar Burton rides them through the circus for you see Ace told him where the elephants were found. And he, is, he and his team are in place to take the illegally poached herd back to Africa where they belong. Joe is fired out of a cannon and Barnaby Ochre loses his circus and all of the, as all of this broke during opening night in front of a big crowd. The media is on his side. Uh, we end in Nairobi, Kenya, with Carter and Ace reintroducing the elephants to the green grass, blue skies, and orange dirt of home. Uh, and a, an elephant sanctuary hot girl makes big eyes at Ace, and it's implied they will fuck because it's the 90s, and that's kind of how you end movies. Hmm. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not deterred by your face or hmms. <laughs> Solid pitch. Well, same terrific uh, title. deal at everything you said and did. <laughs> uh, title's excellent. Thank you. Yeah. It's all pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Title is excellent. Intricate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you guys serious. got really a lot more into the mystery yeah. Yeah. than the uh the jokes and the right. fun. Well, the, uh, that's all that's Jim's job. It's just in play. Well, I you know, you could set up a couple of set up set Well, up. I did like Oh, oh, already then. He beat up know. Santa. Yeah. The exact same <laughs> ending. Violence <laughs> the first one. Fur. Yeah. Yeah. I vote first. I vote Veronica. Okay. I, 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 I only don't. pause because I feel like Paul's embodied the spirit of Ace Ventura more. Okay, maybe. But I do like the Katie's, plot of yours. Katie Seagal is a fire breather. Who's Katie Seagal? She, she's from, from Married with Children, Children and Futurama. Lila. Sons of Anarchy. Okay, fair enough. Oh, that's great. That's three for three. If she doesn't uh, know at this point, <laughs> yeah. I probably know her from something stupid. Katie Seagal. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
That Come and tell us. What do you know her from? Good question. Oh, this <laughs> is so just around. Um, um, so who who who? I'm sorry. Did you vote? Who were you voting for? What's your vote, Lauren? I'm gonna vote for Veronica too. Oh, okay. you're a close okay. one. Close one. Yeah, really close. Seemed pretty. Um, yeah, he seemed under duress Whoa. as far as I could tell from from <laughs> where you. I'm sitting. Yeah, that, no, no, that was just yeah. the, the sheer weight of my excellent pitch. Oh, I see. She could see it all. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah. All right, great. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys want me to vote? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, won, sure. but yeah, you did win. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna also vote for Lauren's. I think the dog show angle and the Kathy Bates and Missy Pyle really good i like the circus angle i it's like just i yeah exactly we had late. the same angle i know i know i like how and much mine yours is good no okay. yours is good yeah there has to be a third there has to be a third you know there's to be a silver uh bronze medal no this isn't right for me to not get any <laughs> votes and not get to be ace ventura jr uh, I, I don't get my dream to come true i i it's well, a big, I mean... You're still Ace Ventura Jr. in our hearts. Well, no, because you both voted the other <laughs> way, so I'm absolutely not. You can't stop me no matter who you are. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, okay. I don't accept this one. This is a tough one. That's fair. Okay. All right. You know, that's oh. the way the cookie, the pet cookie crumbles. Dog biscuit. Dog biscuit shit. Okay. Dog well, show. All right, well... Boy, I don't know how to get us out Paul's of this. Paul's gonna one. lose sleep over this one. <sighs> yeah, it's upsetting. Sure, Sorry, upsetting. <laughs> and unfair and wrong. Um, <laughs> I mean, what else? What else can we say? I don't know. I feel like you're still carrying. I am. The it's, wounds it's of very, defeat. Very he's trying to. He's, trying, yeah, to, he's just, trying to. He's trying to get through it. I'm processing it. Yeah, okay, still. I can just vote for you in the future <sighs> if you think that. Of course, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I, hey, I get to be vulnerable too. Yeah, I get to sit here and bleed on you guys. No, don't bleed. Yeah. Well, whatever, you can whatever bleed. you want to call it, I you can bleed. bleed. Yeah, you bleed away. Yeah. Now I'm trying to come up with a, a different name for your uh, minutes segment that pleases you. Excellent. I love being pleased. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. you, okay, so my instinct is to try to alliterate it. Uh huh. Which maybe is not right. the move. W- that's could- how both a minute. With McMaster and two Travis McMaster minutes were yeah. developed. Right, Ronnie. You could do something with Ronnie. Concoction. Ronnie's rundown. Ronnie's oh, Ronnie's yeah, rundown's, rundown's not bad. bad. For the Ronnie's rundown showdown. for three minutes. It's Ronnie's rundown. Oh, okay. So hey, we just, we just don't keep. Okay, great. See, I've been telling Lauren she <laughs> no, should I be like coming to be up with these. Surprised with your song. She's well, great. So not delightful. everybody gets everything they want every time. <laughs> I think we've learned. <laughs> Uh, no, see, whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. You're Lola. I'm Lola. You're Lola? Sometimes. I'm Lola. Well, I didn't know that going into this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Chicago. take care now. Bye-bye then. Nice. I wish yeah. I hadn't said Chicago. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Both work. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the follow-up showdown. We'll be back real soon with a showdown follow-up. Please follow us on socials at The Follow Up Showdown on TikTok and Instagram. And why don't you check out what we got going on over on YouTube as well? 